Welcome to the Sales Mindset Podcast. I am Dennis. I'm Sam. And we're going to here to tackle some questions about sales. All right, so our question for today is, uh, what, a, what role does self-confidence play uh, in effective selling and how can it be nurtured and strengthened? Okay, so this is going to be a little multifaceted on the le- on the other side of that question, but yeah. what role does it play? It plays an extremely important role. Uh, so self-confidence is a funny little construct. We call it self-efficacy in the psychological literature. And it's basically how do you believe in yourself, right? Um, so self-confidence can be kind of global if you think about it. Like just someone who is confident in almost every area of what they do. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and you know, you can do anything. But then there are some people who the self-confidence depends on what you're talking about. So if we want to think about it, you could have someone who's self-confident in their ability to go mountain biking, self-confident in their ability to go pick up women. But when it comes to sales, they're very low in their confidence. When it comes to skiing, they might be very low in the confidence. I'm going to stick with these with these analogies as well. So when you have low self-confidence, you almost hijack yourself. And uh, it's like the self-fulfilling prophecy. I'm bad, so I'm not going to get any sales, and so thus you get no sales. Mm-hmm. So I remember back when, I may have actually talked about this in another podcast, I was mountain biking with a friend, and I was pretty skilled at that point in time with my mountain biking. And so I was having no trouble, no falls, no nothing, going crazy with regards to going around the, the, the trails and, and the switchbacks and whatnot. My friend, not so much, mm-hmm. okay? And because he was so nervous, because he hesitated so much, he actually fell a lot more. And I think if I were to go skiing, if I allowed that self-doubt to creep in, I probably would have the same problem. The irony, I'm never sure if I get irony right, but of the situation is if you just forget about it, just believe in yourself and you just crank it, you're going to go fast enough that you're not going to end up getting into an accident on the mountain bike. I'm assuming skiing as well. I've never skied before, so I don't know. Uh, So it's almost the same thing with sales. Mm -hmm. If you're confident in who you are as a salesperson and in the products and services as well, generally speaking, you're going to have an easier time selling it. But if you lack that confidence in either yourself or the product, It's going to show up when you're speaking about it. And the problem there is that you're going to uh, risk losing the sale Mm -hmm. because you're going to come off as hesitant. And hesitant is a red flag whenever it comes to whether the product's going to work for the customer. Uh, And, of course, we're talking higher-end sales on this one. So, you know, if you think about selling uh, server equipment and you're like, well, what's the uptime or downtime of the server equipment? And you know, you're just gen- generally a hesitant person because you have, you lack that confidence. Then what's going to happen is it's going to come off as you don't believe what you happen to be talking about. You're not believing what you happen to be selling. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in my experience, you know, I was, I mean, from speaking on everything, I was, a, uh, you know, I'm a confident guy and, and, things that I have experience in and things that I've worked at and, you know, diligently to get to a certain level that, you know, not many people have gotten there. But uh, definitely were some things like I've failed a lot. You know, I, I experienced that like 
low self-confidence in that. And I mean, it really, it's a killer because mm -hmm. you can't, you can't focus on that. Once you start focusing on that, that's all you're like, you were talking about with your friend. Mm -hmm. It's all you're going to look at. You're going to focus on that and it's self, self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm -hmm. And you know, you just start falling into a hole up. Um, you said kind of like, just go fast and you'll get it. Mm -hmm. But I, the way I look at it is kind of like, if, if you're only focusing on that, you're not going to really be learning. You have to go fast. Like you're saying, you have to just do it mm -hmm. and, you know, just, just learn. Yeah. You, you're going to fall sometimes, but you know, you'll get it soon. And then you'll look back on when you had that low self-confidence in it. Didn't really know what you were doing because you didn't understand it. Yeah. And that's really where the low self-confidence comes from. In my experience, you know, mm -hmm. you just, don't understand it as well. And that's a real issue when you're selling uh, an important product like that. So, and most of the time falling is not a big deal. Mm -hmm. You know, you fall, you get scratched up, you've learned. You know, you're careening down a trail, you make the mistake, you smack into a tree, which hopefully wearing a helmet. So all you're gonna do is shake it off and, and move on to whatever you're gonna do next, knowing full well not to do that. The trick is to not let it get to you. Uh, someone who gets into an accident on a bike then may have additional fears which can cause problems. So for this injury where I got hit by a car while I was biking, mm -hmm. I have to suppress that fear because I know that that fear actually might make it worse in terms of looking around, seeing if there's a car, which as I'm looking around, yep. shift the bike and I can actually cause my, my own problem there. So I just have to realize that this situation where the person hit me was one off. Mm -hmm. It's not something that, that happens that frequently, at least not to me. Um, and so I have to be careful with that. So sales, it's the same thing. You just have to have to suppress that fear that you're going to fall, that you're going to get bitched at on the phone. If you're, if you're doing a cold call, so what they'll get over it. Uh, and hopefully you will too. And you'll, you know, crank through it to eventually get where you're going. Uh, there's a, there's a YouTuber and uh, I guess you would call him a coach, Dan Loke, who he's a great, great, if not ostentatious in terms of his presentation for what he does, but he's just basically like, just do it, just do it. Mm -hmm. the, the whole fake it till you make it. Uh, yeah. and, and it's not really faking it. It's just being. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the sales training course and in a couple other areas, I've seen this idea of just be who you want to be, which means owning that whatever you're selling is going to, to perform for the customer. Hopefully you're not going to take a job selling something that you don't actually believe in so that, you know, you, you can say, this is absolutely going to do what you need it to do for you. Even if you yourself don't use it. Yeah. Right? Um, so that belief is, is real important to so the second piece of, of that question. How do you improve it? There's, so here's where I want to split it. You know, how do you help other people improve it? So if you're a sales manager, or eventually if you get to that point of management, uh, Albert Bandura put a lot of research into there and Right now, I'm blanking on all four levels, but there are four levels of helping people get past their fears, basically. So he was doing it in phobias, but it, it works elsewhere to improve self-efficacy uh, and self-esteem or self-confidence when it comes to something. Mm -hmm. And the the first thing that you can do 
And the least effective thing that you can do is you can tell someone that they can do it. So, so I can tell you to your blue in the face, yes, you can make a sale, yes, you can make a sale, yes, you can make a sale. Yeah. Uh, and it might have an effect. The second thing is vicarious. And that's by, well, I guess two, two levels of this. Uh, first is showing a story about how someone did it. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so you see that a lot. That's where TED Talks have come, come about. You see these stories of, of people who have been successful and therefore you can be successful too. And that, that has a bit more of efficacy as uh, the, the geek speak word that we would use in a research article. The next is to show them that another person can do it. So it's like the like next level of vicarious, not just telling the story yeah. of here's someone that got past it, but watch me get past it. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's part of the reason that I joined you on the call today so that you could see how that goes and also see some of the questions that I ask. And then the final one is to have someone just do it. That's the, the just do it part. That's me telling uh, my friend to just not close your eyes. Obviously, we don't want to close our eyes while we're doing mountain biking, but to just, just, just do it and you'll see. And when that happens, people will get to that point. That's the rejection project. That's, you know, that's why some salespeople, some sales managers will say, okay, today all I want you to do is get no's. And so when that happens, inevitably you get that yes, you know, um, which is how you got the client that you, you got today. You, you, you just managed to send an email to someone who also happened to be looking for what we're actually selling. Yeah. And that's, that's it. You just have to trust that it's going to happen. So you've got those four levels of helping other people do it. Now for yourself, what that means is that you just have to try. You just have to put yourself out there. There's no reason you shouldn't, especially when it comes to sales, because you're not going to physically get hurt from all this. I guess unless you walk into a place and they hit you or something, it's battery. So uh, we, we hope that that doesn't happen. Yeah. Right. And I think the really important part too of that is uh, what you were talking about before. It's kind of like suppressing that fear. You know, if that's the, if that's the main focus up in your mind, you know, you're, you're not focused on actually selling, you know, all you're thinking about is, Oh no, what, where's it going to go wrong? Is this gonna, is this gonna happen? And so that's really the issue in my mind is just, you know, I guess suppressing might not be the right word, but overcoming that fear, mm -hmm. not letting it control you and really going into it, understanding, you know, what are you trying to do? If you're so afraid of it, mm -hmm. you know, let me go with this statement. It's, it's not so much suppressing the fear. You're, you're right. That's not the right word because suppression is actually bad. Mm -hmm. but living with the fear. Yeah. Enjoying the fear to some degree. So I went to my first Toastmasters meeting last night, and, you know, as much as I've spoken, I've been in education for 23 years at this point in time, if not more, and I've been in front of large crowds, hundreds, thousands, where I've had to, to catch their attention and everything else. But in this room of nine, and that's giving some individuals, I still felt nerves when they said, would you be, you know, this is your first meeting, but how do you feel about coming up and doing some talks? And part of me in my head, part of that was, you know, 
specifically understanding the fear and how it manifests and fear is a friend. That's, that's, I think what I've been looking for in terms of phrase, be friends with your fear and know that it's just there to help you through it. And that's probably a weird phrase to use, but it, first day of classes, every, every semester, first day of classes, I'm nervous. When I do public speaking or workshops, care how many people are in the room. In fact, less people in the room probably gives me more nerves than more people in the room, oddly enough. Uh, I deal with it. Even when I do any kind of cold calling, I have fear. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a matter of having it there beside you and allowing it to energize you to get through it. Fear is imagined. You're, you're afraid of something that has not happened and probably won't happen. And for those of you listening, that is a, a, a probably a butchering of a quote from a movie with Will Smith in it, where, where that's exactly it. It's all about that fear. So what, what is the root of your lack of self-confidence? That's what you need to ask yourself. Uh, whether, you know, we, we could extend this to so many different areas as well. You know, going up and talking to women, uh, bringing up uncomfortable topics to family, asking for raises or asking for something at work there's a lot of things that we get worked up about in our head and it just has to you have to say okay i'm afraid of this so what come along with me and give me the energy that i need so and uh, you know when most public speakers will admit that they have some sort of fear and it actually is a good thing it helps us really really take care with it all so, so uh, I don't know how much more I can say to that, but it, it just comes down to just do it. Yeah, uh, I, I really like what you said about that. Kind of like be a, be a friend to your fear. I'm, I'm imagining as, as like, uh, you know, it's, uh, in my experience, like I was in a groups in college and, you know, we had a presentation and I would almost always have one person in my presentation who would, be uh, bugging out like uh, the day before or like an hour before the presentation and I'm imagining just like kind of yourself actually becoming part of that like in your own mind and they're just bugging out saying no 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 it's it's gonna go wrong it's gonna go wrong <laughs> it's just like no. and you can be there just say no man, it's gonna be fine you know so, we're good so I had an interesting incident in my life where somewhere in my mid-20s I ended up catching, I don't know if that's the right term, a fear of heights. Yeah. I have no idea where it came from. And it actually went away in my mid to late thirties. Just, I don't know, sometimes I'll, I'll get it again. And one of the things I did, it was hard, but one of the things that I did is I pushed myself against that fear. And so what I would do is I would go to situations that were very obviously safe. Mm -hmm. and I would look over the precipice, I would look over the edge, I would basically push myself so that I could sense how the fear was manifesting. Do the same thing. Uh, if, you're, if you're nervous, for example, about speaking with women, go and speak with random strangers. Go put yourself in uncomfortable situations so you can be comfortable with that friend that is fear. And the more you do that for yourself, the better you'll understand your fears 
and the easier they will be to deal with when they when it surprises you um, yep. or whenever it's holding you back. Now, we're talking outright fear. Uh, there's also anxieties. That's a harder situation to deal with. I know that I've had my own issues with anxiety since COVID and uh, situations with um, a family member, but anxieties are also fears. They just are like, it's, it's like kind of habitual fears, I guess. Chronic fear, chronic right, fear. Yeah. So we were talking about acute fear whenever you're like, I'm afraid of picking up the phone mm -hmm. or I'm afraid of approaching someone in a bar. But now we're talking about this chronic fear that your brain is not focused on what it needs to be. And if that's the case, if you have those anxieties, I think it'll be important for you to really recognize where those anxieties are from and how you can cope with them. That is talk to a therapist level stuff generally, uh, or, or look at medication, but look at a healthy relationship with the medication. So for myself, my anxieties, I'm not going to get into the details about it, but I used medication to get it under control. And then I tapered myself off of that medication. Um, and that was because I have a doctor who said exactly that is like, one, don't take this every single day Two, have a plan to get off of it or remove the anxiety from your life. Um, or reprogram yourself. Reprogram yourself is also a thing. Why am I afraid of this? I shouldn't be afraid of this. Why do I care about this? And that's 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 for more of a, I guess, a therapist or a psychologist to really comment on how that works. Yeah, and so going back to when you're talking about your uh, fear of heights and how you'd put yourself in a, uh, a very a, it's a safe uh, situation, but you said where it would manifest mm -hmm. those feelings and uh, emotions, and that really just reminded me about couple of your classes where we would talk about, you know, emotional intelligence and really understanding that was like the, the first step you gave us, you know, mm -hmm. uh, for the four emotions, then just go list out five things where you, how, how you understand where your fear, happiness, sadness, yeah. um, and just starts to manifest. And then once you understand those, uh, I'm blanking on the word, but, um, those areas are, uh, so, uh, yeah, so the first is to understand what triggers your emotions. So yeah. what triggers your fear? I knew that walking up to that precipice, that edge, mm -hmm. would trigger the fear. Second is understanding how it manifests. So now I knew how the fear manifested, and I can recognize it in situations to know that I had been triggered without seeing the trigger happen. And it, that allows you to think about coping mechanisms and how you're going to work through whatever that emotion happens to be. Same thing with anger. I'm Italian, I'm Irish, and German. You know, anger is just built into my DNA. Uh, so it's it's important for me, it's always been important for me to be able to get that anger under control. And for a longest time, my anger is so so in control that if I do display my anger, you better run because you, you've definitely, uh, it's a choice mm -hmm. in my case, uh, <laughs> to display anger. When someone pisses me off, you know, I'll say in the back of my head, I'm like, okay, being polite isn't working with this person. Do I need to let my inner Philadelphia out? <laughs> and, uh, and it is, I can, and I can turn it on whenever I need to. It's like an actor can go and pull back. I can just say, okay, I need to display anger for one reason or another. I'm not actually angry. What can I think about so they can pull that anger out of me and, and display? And that's, that's when emotional intelligence really can work for you uh, for what you happen to be doing. Absolutely. Uh, I think that uh, I think that covers the question pretty well. Yeah. Uh, 
So there you are. There's uh, fear. There's working through your self-confidence. Where does your lack of self-confidence come from? Hopefully you can work on it, especially when it comes to your activities and sales. Because if you can get through that, you can do anything. And I believe in you. Take care. See you next time.